Know about rolling down in the deep When your brain goes numb You can call that mental freeze When these people talk too much Put it in slow motion, yeah I feel like an astronaut in the ocean Ay, What you know about rolling down in the deep When your brain goes numb You can call that mental freeze When these people talk too much Put that shit in motion, yeah I feel like an astronaut in the ocean She say that I'm cool I'm like, yeah, that's true I believe in G-O-D don't believe in THOT. She keep playing me dumb. I'm a player for fun. This is Legacy Lineup. I'm your host, Ren Lawwell. Once again, I'm solo this week. Uh, my partner, Jimmy Barnett, he's not with me, but uh, I do have uh, Jared Haynes with me. And it's been, what, I don't know, six or seven weeks since we've been trying to schedule this and uh, finally getting it done tonight here on this Wednesday evening. But uh, Jared's been a longtime listener of the Legacy Lineup, I think. Um, yeah. On the on the mower out there, mowing yep. the grass. It's my weekly uh, mowing podcast. <laughs> Jimmy, I'd just like to tell you, I have a full basement if you need somewhere to live. He's got a full basement. There you go, Jimmy. You, got, you and Molly have a, a spot. Uh, but no, Jared, uh, obviously Jared and I are related. For anybody that doesn't know that, we're cousins. Um, I don't know if he admits that anymore, but um, I, I'll tell you that we're, we're related and we've had some interesting times growing up together. Um, you know, with our family, our moms are sisters, so um, had some, uh, you know, good times growing up uh, in, in the family and going to Grandma Bland's and, you know, out in the apple orchard, uh, yeah. probably doing some stuff we weren't supposed to do with our cousins, but yeah, man, I mean, I, I remember, you know, when I was a kid coming and watching you play uh, basketball with the Fairfield, obviously, Leesburg Fairfield, and I remember coming to games at Greenfield, and it was always like crazy atmosphere those games were crazy it was like it was in the old well it wasn't the old gym but it was technically it was old right you know, the bleachers were wooden and it was like yeah it was a cool atmosphere but what do you remember about those games back in the early 2000s in high school yeah you know growing up um, that's all I really remember is uh gym packed and you yeah. know those games against Greenfield and Hillsboro you know it was a small you know we were a small school so we always look forward to playing in those games and um we would bring everything we had, but yeah, you know the Greenfield's got a great following, as does Hillsboro and Fairfield. Always traveled well, and those small gyms, man, it would be just so loud, and um, it was easy to get behind them and perform top of your level. So yeah, had a great time growing up in those small gyms. Really miss um, that kind of atmosphere. You don't. Most schools are new, or the gyms are huge. Yeah. So yeah, that was so much fun. You playing against uh, Craig Craig Unger and Bill Collum and those guys, um, some pretty good teams you were playing against. But you guys are pretty good as well. Yeah, um, um, grew up playing against them in Greenfield. I played little league in Greenfield, so I knew all those guys. I worked over there at Bob and Carl's. You know, it's kind of like a family tradition. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I knew all those people. One <laughs> one thing I do remember, um, I think it was like a JV game at Greenfield. It was quiet. Um, I came in and I think I made three threes and then I airballed one. And Wes Bell had the megaphone and he, he did the infamous Greenfield chant, uh, airball, airball, followed up by you feel dumb. Yeah. And, uh, and they were chanting Bob and Carl. So, yeah, that was always uh, great times. Yeah, man, for sure. And I, I remember also watching you play Gus Macker. That was a big thing back in the day as well. Um, you had some pretty good teams in Gusmacker with some of those same guys. Craig was on a lot of those teams you played in Gusmacker. You actually coached me in Gusmacker at one year. Yeah, I remember uh, that. We won the toilet bowl, I think. Uh, it was me and Garrett Case and 
I think Holden Doherty or somebody, uh, but we won the toilet bowl. But yeah, I mean, like, so, you know, obviously it's been what, almost 20 years now since you played high school sports. What have, what have you seen that's changed the most over the last 20 years when it comes to high school sports? Um, you know, kids, her parents are yeah. softer, I guess. Like, I remember my coach in high school would never get by um, with his antics today. Like, yeah. you just can't do that. Um, parents are quick to complain. And back then, they weren't. Like, you go home and you said this happened at practice. You felt like you were treated unfairly. My dad would say, work harder, you know. Um, right. So, you know, I don't have it that bad, but I, I see it more in other places where, you know, parents are quick to um, go against the coach. And back in the day, that never happened. Yeah, and you're talking about the legends and coaching around here, especially Rick Vameter, a guy that's kind of known for being that, that, that tough love kind of guy. Um, you know, and, and back in the day, you know, parents, you were proud for your son to play for Rick Vameter because, you know, you, you knew he was going to get the best out of your kid. Uh, and, and now I, I see your point that it's kind of changed a little bit, kind of flipped. Uh, in the opposite direction. Um, but after high school, you moved on. You went to Rio Grande, um, had the opportunity to play college sports, so you played baseball and basketball. So talk a little bit about that, some memories you have from down there, uh, what it was like to be a college athlete. Yeah, luck. I was lucky enough to play both. So I graduated at 17. I turned 18 right before I went to college. So hadn't really hit my uh, growth spurt yet. Um, Went to Rio to play baseball. Uh, started uh, when I was a freshman. I was DH first base. And, man, just right off the bat, it was so many opportunities that uh, I never had growing up in Leesburg as far as traveling and um, riding on a bus all over to Florida for spring break. Just so many things that were paid for. Um, so, yeah, started out playing baseball. Didn't really – know if I was going to play basketball. So I walked on, played JV. Then I grew about three inches and put about 75 pounds on. And they moved me up to varsity my sophomore year. So, yeah, I was lucky enough to play baseball and basketball. Um, it was not easy to juggle those schedules, but I was able to do it. And, uh, you know, I got a trip. Basketball, we got to go Hawaii, and that was just awesome, yeah. um, you know. Michelle was super jealous. So she played no. softball at Rio too. Right? Yeah, she played softball. She got to be on the prices right. <laughs> so from her softball trip. But no, there's so many opportunities and it teaches you so much about discipline and teamwork. Like like the diversity of teammates I had. I didn't have that in high school. So, you know, I think that helped me as a teacher and a coach. Yeah, for sure. And you, you still keep in contact with a lot of people, I'm sure, as, as well, uh, from Rio. Yeah, um, I, do. I know your, your former coach, uh, Coach French, you still keep in contact with him. Yep. And then teammates as well. Uh, had a couple of those guys in your wedding. Uh, a couple of people you went to college with in your wedding, Sparky, uh, yep. comes to mind. Uh, but, yeah, Don't man. Sparky. So, I mean, that's just a, a, an experience, I think, that, you know, for kids today to, to you know, look forward to something like that because it, it can teach you a lot, like you said. Um, but after college, um, you got your degree, and I believe it was in communications. Was that your first degree? Yeah, communications, public relations. So I was uh, going to work in the sports industry and just didn't work out. Um, I had a sales job and didn't like it. I was not making any money. Was that I your door-to-door -door -door sales job you were doing? Yeah, I was selling ads for high schools, but I wasn't really going into high schools. I was working for another company, so... It was like those sports calendars, and yeah. it was miserable. 
So after that, you decide uh, to go start, back. Yep, start subbing. Uh, start substitute teaching and realize, you know, I think I want to do this and uh, continue to sub and um, interview to Hillsborough. I think you went with me to I that did. interview and sat in the car. Yeah, FRS. Yeah. I didn't think I had a chance uh, to get it, but, you know. Was that, was that, that was for the long-term sub job, right? No, it was an actual teaching oh, job. Okay, and yeah. All I had was a substitute license at the time, so that kind of motivated me to go back to school and get my master's in special education. Yeah. So worked there for five years for Hillsborough City Schools at FRS, worked in the behavior unit, which was something new and fun, exciting every day. And uh, I was lucky enough five years later to get a job at Greenfield and uh, been there ever since. Yeah. And so the behavior unit, we'll go back to that for a minute because we yeah. both kind of worked jobs like that. Um, you know, what do you think you learned in that experience that's helped you um, grow as a teacher, I think, the most over, over that time frame? Have fun. Like, yeah. if you take that job serious and what those kids do and the way they act seriously, uh, it's a five-year burnout rate and you're done teaching. And I didn't. Every day was a new adventure. I'm even friends with one of my past students. So, um, yeah, play basketball with them. But, yeah, I mean, just have fun. I've seen so many teachers take it too seriously. I mean, it's a serious job. You're part of a kid's life. But, um, yeah, just just have fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, so after that, like you said, you're at Greenfield now. You've been there for, for quite a while now. Uh, get into coaching, uh, which is something I know you've always wanted to do. Um, so did you think it would be girls basketball? Did you want it to be boys? I know uh, you had the opportunity, obviously, Coach Overstake, Gave you that opportunity, right? Uh, and then it kind of just blossomed from there. So, did you think girls basketball was a path for you? You know, when you were going or entering the profession, I guess. No, uh, I mean, my my dream was to be the head varsity coach, boys coach for Fairfield. You know, right. that was my dream growing up, and so I coached there out of college and coached seventh grade, or I guess it was eighth grade, and then I coached uh, JV. And um, the varsity job came open, and they went a different way, and so did I. Um, I took that year off, and Mark Massey actually helped come to me and asked me if I'd help him with fifth-grade girls. And um, I was like, sure, I'll come to a couple practice. Well, I ended up coaching the whole season. And, you know, the following season, um, Coach Overstake asked me if I'd be interested in being his assistant, and I've been with the girls' program ever since. Um, so obviously, um, Coach Overstake, like you said, gave you that opportunity, and then you take over for him. What's it been like eight years now that you've been the head yeah. coach? Yep. This will be your eighth year. This, this will be, be my ninth, ninth, I believe. Year? Yeah. yeah. Um, so what was that like to to get that transition from assistant coach to head coach? Um, what what I guess what did that mean to you? I guess. Well, I guess uh, he gave me a big role when he hired me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I made all the substitutions. I did all the individual workouts. Did ran camp. I was a major player in game day operations. So, you know, he gave me a lot when I came in. So the transition wasn't completely, totally like a surprise, but I brought in some assistants that could help with some changes. And so it went pretty smooth. Yeah. yeah. And what's it been like the last eight or nine years? Um, you know, what have you learned from, from that coaching experience that you've had? Um, you know, people, it is so easy to coach in the stands. I mean, I go to games and I tell Michelle, like, why are they doing that? And she's like, just looks at me. But when you're on that sideline, there's just so many things that go through your mind. And you, 
even as an assistant sitting there, it was so much easier. That was the biggest transition, being the guy in charge, uh, making game day um, changes or um, making adjustments at halftime. Like, those were the hardest things because as an as the head guy walking the sidelines, it's just different. I can't really explain it. It's just different. Yeah, you have that extra pressure, I guess, on you. Yep. But um, you, you mentioned your assistants. So you've had quite a few different assistants over yep. your time um, as a head coach with the girls program. Uh, talk about those assistants that you've had a little bit. I know, you know, Audra Branham obviously comes to mind. She was right. your longest uh, tenured assistant, but um, she's now uh, moved on. But talk about some of those assistants, assistants that you've had and what they've kind of brought to the table for you. Right. Like Audra is probably the most loyal person um, that you ever have. And uh, I've watched her loyalty to uh, Coach Overstake and, and to me, but she is someone that will tell you what she thinks. And even if it's uh, uh, not the popular opinion, and she'll give, I knew I would always have the honest. She would be like the last person I'd go to and see and be like, hey, this is happening. What do you think? And I knew that it was going to be very well thought out and great advice. But yeah, so I had her starting out. She stayed, and she was my JV coach. Um, and then I had Jesse Mitchell yeah. as my assistant. And, um, you know, he he brought so – he's so intelligent in the game of basketball. So he gave me a whole different view that I never had. Um, and then he gets hired as the boys coach, and I had Trevor Arnett, which, again, he came from a high university. So he brought – you know, he was with their boys program as a student manager, so – you know, that's a different um, – that was a culture that we didn't have. So that helped a lot. He really got the kids um, buying into the weight room. And then um, he became athletic director. So then Audra became my assistant. And, uh, of course, same role, gave the same advice. And as Sierra graduated, she left. And uh, I got old Mark Beal, which, you know, kind of um, – is kind of like Audra and Trevor and Juan – killing the kids in the weight room, really mentally making the kids tougher, and is going to give you the right advice. Been an athletic director, understands um, how to deal with all aspects of the game. And Drew Hamilton's been with me the whole time. He was a junior high coach, and now he's my JV coach. He'll do whatever I ask. Right now we're in conditioning. He's doing a lot of it, just uh, stuff he's smart about and he likes to do, so... Yeah, I've had I've been blessed with a really really good staff. You've also been blessed with a lot of good players as well, well um, over the years. Um, you know, what are some of your favorite moments with the, with these teams that you've had uh, in the last eight or nine years that you've been there? Yeah, we've had some uh, great players. You don't become a good coach without good players, and um, I, you know, not just good players, role players like that first group when I became uh, head coach. Just you know, they bought into the role. Uh, they didn't care if they were the score. They, you know, Sarah Thompson took pride in in shutting the other team's best uh, offensive player down, and um, you know, Katie Unger loved the rebound and do the dirty stuff. And you know that I've been blessed with players that like to do things that you you can't teach; they just have it. But even as when I came in as assistant, you know, because you were in high school um, during that time, those kids. Uh, they just loved the game. They were easy to coach. They bought into their role. Um, there wasn't really the best player on the floor. And we might have had a girl that could score, 
better than some, but you know, it was right. just a complete team. And those are the ones that are fun to coach. You know, and it seems like I've been blessed. Even when we weren't very talented, they just run through a wall for you. Right. So um, you have a district championship. Uh, yeah. You've accomplished 100 wins at this point in your career. What do you think is next for you as far as, you know, an accomplishment you would like to reach, a goal you would like to reach uh, in your coaching career? I don't – you don't – I've never even really thought about that stuff. It just – I feel like if you do the work, um, those things come. I mean, I learned that from Coach Overstake. The guy probably worked harder than any coach in the state as far as scouting and game planning and, and um, doing practice, then going home and being a farmer. Like, his schedule was unbelievable. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he taught me a lot. And I don't really – the milestones – I mean, I want to win a league championship every year. And yeah. that's my goal. Like, let's win a league championship. Let's – make a noise in the tournament because, you know, when you're D2, it's tough. And you've sure. seen enough games to realize. But, you know, yeah, the district championship, I was blessed with a really good group of kids that bought in. And then we went to the district finals again the next year. Great kids bought in. And, you know, the league championships, just kids are fun to be around. Yeah, for sure. We've obviously, Mike and I have seen a lot of great moments uh, right. in your career as a coach. And, a lot of special teams, a lot of special players, and it's been a lot of fun to watch. Um, do you think you're going to continue this long into your career? Is it something that, you know, maybe once your kids are old enough to play, you might step back a little bit, or is this something you want to continue to do? You know, I really can't say. I love to do it, and yeah. I'll continue to do it. And you have a wife that really supports you yeah, through it. Yeah, definitely. So. Yep, she is a great team mom. She'll come to everything. She'll cook for the kids. She'll have them over. Um, that support. You know, I, I can do it as forever. I have a passion for it, and when that passion goes away, then I'll, you know, look another direction. But unless something else comes my way that um, I just can't say no to, yeah, I, I love coaching girls basketball. Let's talk about this season in particular. Um, you know, who's back this season from last year's team? Uh, who do you expect to make contributions that maybe we didn't see last year? I know you had a couple of freshmen that got some playing time last year. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming that you you expect them to make some contributions. So uh, what do you expect for this season? What are your expectations on the season overall? Um, you know, we need to improve every day. And we had a, a fairly good summer for losing five seniors. I have a Easter, obviously. She made some uh, noise last year, I think, and was huge for us. And when she got hurt, we struggled a little bit. Um, but she's like an energizer bunny. She's just going to come in and give you everything she's got. Evelyn Van Zance, a senior, had a great summer. I really look for her to do a lot of things. Maddie Sykes is a senior. I look for her to have a big impact year for us. Um, and then a couple other returners, obviously. Peyton's been with us since she was a freshman. She'll be a junior. Maybe see her in a different role um, because, you know, we got some height coming up in Lily Barnes, uh, who will be a sophomore, Haley Havens, Anna Eikenberry. Um, Kalia Tony, we have some big kids um, that we can pull uh, Peyton away from the basket a little bit. But and then Jaden McCoy's a junior. She's had a great summer for us, and we really played a lot of young kids. And it was really exciting, fresh. They wanted to be there. They worked hard, and you know, talking to them now, they can't wait for basketball, and and, and that's really for refreshing as a coach. And what's crazy is it's it's almost here. Like it's right what, starts next month, right? Yeah, yeah, and you know. 
they're still in their fall sports, and we want to see them win as much as they can, so we don't really want to see them. But on the other hand, we're ready to get a, roll our sleeves up and get to work. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one thing I wanted to hit on with you, um, obviously, like we, we mentioned earlier, you graduated from Fairfield. You, you now took a job at Greenfield. Uh, you've been there for several years now. What is it about Greenfield that, you know, you really – that really drew you in, I guess? I know I was there last year for IEP meetings for Laurel Oaks, and, like, you can just tell there's a culture there now, and it's, it's, it's contagious. Yeah. I mean, it's something you want to be around. You know, when you're not on the inside, sometimes we get this bad rap, uh, which is crazy, but – uh, no, like growing up, I always was a part of Greenfield. I watched my older cousins play and, and the atmosphere at games. You could just see the support, but it just doesn't go to sports. Like somebody dies, they're there to support. Somebody right. goes through a hardship, Greenfield's their support. Um, it's just, it's hard to say. And that, but right now we just have this culture of it's a place to be. Yeah. Um, because we have great administration, great leaders in our district, in our community, and, you know, I just think we're, we're going up. For sure. You, talk, you talked about Mark Beal, um, yeah. Mr. Mr. Courthouse. I mean, he's a legend right. in Courthouse, and right. he made the switch to Greenfield. Right. So I mean, he made the so. switch. His wife follows him this year. Kids are there. Like, yeah, yeah if, you, if you get a taste of it, we have a really good thing going, and people want to be a part of it. Uh, speaking of your kids, uh, you have two. You have a son, Ezra, yeah. and a daughter, Libby. Um, you know, we kind of had a, a discussion a couple weeks ago about the podcast that Jimmy and I did about getting kids involved in sports. It was something that uh, you mentioned that you would like to, to hit on. So let's, let's hear your advice on getting kids involved in sports. What's, what's the age that you think um, really is, is appropriate, I guess? Yeah, I mean, I didn't start playing until I was probably five or six, and that was baseball strictly. That's it. Played yeah. basketball when we were allowed to in the third grade. Um, yeah. But some kids, like my son was born ready to ball. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Like, he was dribbling before he could walk, and he was making a 10-foot basket when he was three years old. Um, but other kids, you know, they need that time to develop, but – no matter what, at that age, it needs to stay fun. Um, yeah. I try. Ezra's pretty talented, but I try to, like, break fundamentals down. Isn't It's not happening. Like, yeah. just let them have fun until they come to you and say, Dad, I want to work on this and that. And then you can get them involved fully. But we had, like, our first taste of travel baseball this summer. Just close travel, nothing serious. And it was fun, but it's nothing that he needs to go crazy into right now and i want him to love it when he's 18 19 so i don't want to ruin that now but he is competitive right i mean oh yeah i mean <laughs> he's got a ball some kind of ball in his hand at all times so. right and and libby's see that's another like with libby it took a little longer like i was never i've never pushed it on my kids and i won't but she's now she's hungry for it you know we had practice today she was shooting he's playing imaginary one-on-one football so you know not she wants to get better at it so yeah and she's six so and we won't go serious with it and you I mean you guys hit on like how the leagues aren't around here I mean we take our tids to chill coffee just because um it works for us and there's really good competition they've gotten better since they've been there met some really good kids and families and um and and they want to so that's what it's about 
for sure. Um, and I, obviously you're a coach. Uh, yep. Are you planning on coaching your kids? Do you think oh, that's... yeah. I mean, I do from the sidelines right now in <laughs> soccer. I don't, never played you soccer. Don't, you but... don't worry about that coach father relationship becoming I, I know like I know yeah. your dad coached you my dad coached right. me like but do you worry about that at all as like you know being so too I, hard on them I did but last year um Ezra had an indoor soccer game it's a triple crown I'm up above and you know they're just learning the spacing on the field and where to kick it to so I'm up there coaching just because it's in my blood right that's what yeah. I'm used to doing so I missed the next game and uh he's crying because I wasn't there to coaching so that kind of gave me uh, I guess the confidence in you can coach your kid he can handle it they want it so no it doesn't bother me and I'm not I'm going to be harder on them than anyone else and they know that and and that's what you were raised as well I mean Jerry Jerry was harder on you than anybody else just like my dad was um still is (laughs) Jerry's still hard on me after games (laughs) Can't take the timeouts home with you <laughs> just after you lose a heartbreaker. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, let's talk about, you know, obviously you're a sports fan as well. Um, so let's talk about some of your favorite teams. Um, obviously Ohio State when it comes to oh, football, basketball, uh, and then the Reds in baseball, the Browns in the NFL. Yep. So let's start with Ohio State. Um, what are your thoughts on this season so far? I know they took that loss early in the <laughs> season. What are your thoughts as you watch this team grow over the last couple of weeks? It's actually pretty amazing. I, you know, I know our last two opponents in Rutgers and Maryland haven't been the best, but, man, you can't help but notice how much better they've gotten. And yeah. um, Offensively, I don't know anybody can stop us if C.J. Stroud can keep throwing the ball like that. Um, got the best receivers on the field. Defense looks better. Yeah, it does. You know, I think. Maybe they weeded out some of the problems as a coach. You know, sometimes you have uh, personalities on the team that don't work. So when we're going through that defensive blunder, you see these seniors leaving. Right. And now we're better. Yeah. You know, like you just wonder if it wasn't a culture change and now these young kids are hungry and they want to be there, they want to play, and our defense looks a lot better. Yeah, it does for sure. Um, what are your expectations for them as they, you know, go through the rest of the season? Obviously, it's a gauntlet. I mean, you've it got – We were what, looking at it today. It's it's rough. You've got Penn State, who's in the top five right now. You've got uh, Michigan State in the top ten. You've got Michigan in the top ten. And then if you get through that, you got to play Iowa, who's number two in the country right. now. So um, definitely a gauntlet. But we're high state, right? That's right. We're going to win. Uh, <laughs> you know, looking at that, um, at Nebraska could be – tough as well and and at michigan but at least we have some of the other tougher games at home so feed off our crowd i look at this as one of the more exciting seasons that we've had in a while because you you know usually you're blowing through those teams you know the nebraska is the you know you're michigan state to win right and and now it's you know it's like you know these are top 10 games i mean you're not used to that so no i'm excited for that and it'll Probably be a Penn State, Ohio State night game, and I went to the I, last the one. Thing. It was awesome. That's the thing, though. They, they do not give Ohio State night games at home. It's going to be a noon game no. for Penn State most likely because because they announced that uh, the Indiana game will be at 7, which is next game. So now they're not going to give Ohio State the night game. Last for, time uh, Penn State was in, or two times ago, I went there. It was a night game, yeah. and it was awesome. It's yeah. when they ran the kickoff back. 
think oh, it was yeah. Saquon Barkley, and then JT Barrett went absolutely insane. That was the gray like uniforms, four touchdowns. Yeah, the, the dark grays. Yep. Did you see the uniforms they're wearing for this game? Is it the red outs? The scarlet. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I like it. You like it? I think it. Ex- I don't think it's the the prettiest thing in the world, but I think yeah. it's exciting about college sports, professional sports, how they switch up those jerseys, and yeah. it's different. Big recruiting tool. Um, yeah, all day. Reds, Cincinnati Reds, um, <laughs> fell apart uh, yeah, at the end of the season. They get your hopes up and the, the cut you right in the heart. It's typical Cincinnati. Cheap, don't want to spend money on the bullpen, just, yeah. About to lose uh, probably the biggest star they've had in the last 20 years yeah. in Nick Cassianos. I know, um, and, I, you know, I hope not. Because I read things about how he comments on Cincinnati and how he fits in and this is the best time of his career, but – most of those guys, it's about money. Who's yeah. going to pay me? But you don't yeah. know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I can't say that I wouldn't be the same way. I mean, you I, well, I would too. But as a fan, you, you hope. Oh he, yeah, for sure. Because he made Joey Votto better. Joey Votto has said that. So I don't know. I those mean, guys better be begging him. If he does come back, I mean, this team has a good core. I mean, it's a, it's a they good do. young core. Um, if you can get some pieces, I think it's a playoff team yeah. for sure. Probably a, another starter too, and yeah. bullpen. Other than that, like, you can hit with most anyone. Right. You can't pitch. It's bad. <laughs> but you got young arms, too. They do. And they, we You want to bring them up? I don't know. Late in the season. Um, all right, the Browns. Let's, oh, let's, yeah. Let's get into the Cleveland Browns. Um, what are your thoughts right now? I mean, this is a team that has more talent, I think, arguably, arguably than anybody in the league. Uh, on their roster. So what are your thoughts on this Browns team? Took a, a tough loss last week to the Chargers. Yeah, that was fun. A couple bad you know, calls in that game. but The Browns are competing. It's fun. Yeah. I've watched them my whole life. Um, I didn't watch them a couple years when they didn't have a team and then watched them, and it's been miserable times. And I wondered, do I really want my son to be a Browns fan? But this is a perfect time. Like, Oh, it's so exciting. There's so many weapons on the field. Defense is unbelievable right now. Um, but got kicked some guys injured. Um, once they get back, maybe they'll right, make the push at the right time. This is this is a good time for Ezra to get into it because it's like, you know, he's going to get a taste of it now, yep. some success, and then if they maybe aren't as good in five or ten years, oh, he'll, he'll be still be looking back at that success. He watches it, it like we were watching the end of the Bengals um, Green Bay game and where they were missing field goals and he was just cracking up. Of course, he's not a Bengals fan, right? So I've raised him well. Yeah. So do you, do you have that disdain for Bengals fans that every Browns fan seems to have? It's it's, it's so odd to me. I, I do, it. and it's not odd. I can give you a great reason why. Um, one of my best friends grew up a Buffalo Bills fan. Bengals get better. All of a sudden, you got these closet Bengals fans. You know. I've been a Browns fan my whole life, and they haven't been very good. And all these Bengals fans, I feel, come out of the woodwork. Yeah. And it just – so I can't stand to hear them talk. It's so odd to me that every Browns fan that I know hates the Bengals more than anybody – any other team. It's just it's just weird to me. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, what are your thoughts on Baker Mayfield? Is he the guy? I don't know. I like I like his passion. I like how he plays hard. I mean, I don't think he's the best quarterback in the league, but I feel like they do a pretty good job of uh, keeping the plays called to fit Baker. And, yeah. You know, maybe that's why him and Odell don't really 
seem like they have the cohesiveness yet, but I don't know. I like Baker. I, I didn't think, like him in college. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. Uh, Stefanski's probably been the the, oh, yeah. the biggest addition, I think. Yeah. Um, a guy that, you know, a lot of fans weren't sure about when he got hired, but I think he's proven that he's a solid NFL head coach yeah. and he's, you know, right at the ship, so to speak. Yeah, and he, you know, I don't know if you've, like, ever heard him talk or read things about him, like, as soon as he came in, got all the guys on like a Zoom call and was goals and what I expect of you and we're a family, like just things you most NFL coaches probably don't do and he's been really successful with it. They all bought in and you can tell they play hard for him. Yeah, for sure. Do you have a uh, Super Bowl prediction? No, I don't even think. You're a Browns fan. You don't think about the Super Bowl. No, I mean like do you think – are there two teams that stick out to you that you think – I don't know. I mean – I think the Rams and the Chargers are impressive, the games yeah. I've watched. I don't think you can count out the Chiefs yeah. and, or Tom Brady, even though they both haven't been playing the best. So, I mean, I would never throw the Eagles in the mix. Yeah, I wouldn't either. They're terrible. I don't know. You just never know. And it's whoever's playing. Like, look at Baltimore. I mean, they have how many people hurt and they're winning. Yeah, they're 4-1. So, and one. Yeah. Who knows? As long as it's not the Steelers. Do you have any uh, favorite sports moments that you can think of? I mean, this could be any sport, but um, any any moments that stick out, stick out to you as being special to you? Well, the Buckeyes are always exciting to watch, and I was there when they beat Penn State. That was real fun. But sitting right there on that couch, like at 8.30, 9 o'clock, probably later in that one night, and um, the Cavs won it all, and yeah. I was crying and – you know, I've been a Cleveland sports fan. I'm a huge LeBron fan. A lot of people don't like him, but I think he's done more good than um, bad. I just think he needs to maybe be a little bit more educated on things. But, yep, sat there and cried like a baby and still a Cavs fan. But, yeah, that's like the first team that I support besides the Buckeyes that I watched uh, win a championship. First professional sports team. Yeah, and yeah. probably – the only one in my lifetime. <laughs> so, why, so why here. not? Why not Indians? Why? Why Reds? Why not Indians? Because you can go to more games. But I don't even. I just stopped way I grew up. Yeah. Grandpa Haynes was a Browns fan and a Reds fan. Yeah. And uh, I went to college, and I never really. I liked the Mavs when I was in high school because I liked Jimmy Jackson. But my roommate was a Cleveland Cavs fan, and I started following them, and then they. Drafted LeBron and yeah, I just followed him. Did you watch LeBron play in high school at all? Not in person. I've watched OJ Mayo when yeah. he was in high school and Bill Walker. They were impressive, but I never got to watch LeBron. Who's live. the most? Who's the most impressive player you've seen live? I mean, you've been to NBA games. Dante though. Jackson. <laughs> Dante Jackson. No, uh, I don't know. Bill Walker was really impressive. Yeah, um, he was the dunker, right? Yeah, he would like yeah. And warm-ups was unbelievable. But him and O.J. Mayo, that was, that was fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm going to completely flip talk, topics here. Um, this is not on the script that I sent you beforehand. Uh-oh. So you uh, talked a little bit about um, gaining weight in college. Yep. You gained some weight. Yep. And then you lost some weight. Yep. Jimmy and I talked about this on one of our first episodes. I don't know if you heard it or not, but our struggle with, like, losing weight and stuff. Something I'm going through right now, um, which I've lost, like, 30 pounds, but – how do you, how did you do that? Let's let's talk about your journey to lose that weight. Because I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, 
that can inspire people to yeah. to go down a similar path if they have that that desire to do so. Well, you've done, you've lost weight, so yeah. once you start, it's contagious. And yeah. um, I guess my question to you is like, how did you keep it? Because you've pretty much kept it off for yeah. 10, 12 years now. Yeah, I started in two thousand ten, so yeah, that was eleven years ago. Um, just got too big, three forty. So I got down to actually in the high two twenties. I think two twenty eight was my lowest, but that was too skinny for me. Yeah. Um, but I just uh, I don't know. I just have discipline. I don't. I still haven't ate a hamburger sandwich in eleven years. Um, I might eat a breadstick with a salad, but totally cut carbs out. Snack. You haven't like, had a, you haven't had a hamburger in eleven years. No. Are you kidding me? I am not. Really? Yep. I have wow. not had a sandwich. Really? Since 2010. And gosh, I love Big Macs. So, I remember. Yeah, funny story. So you can go to Burger King and get a low-carb Whopper, and they know what you mean. They put the they put the hamburger in a salad bowl, put all the toppings on, and it's like a hamburger salad. Well, one late one night, we got back from a wedding, and uh, Michelle's brother wanted to go to mcdonald's so we go through and i was like oh i want a big mac so bad i said i want a big mac without the bun everything else on it i want it so we i lived in town at the time we get home uh unwrap it it's the bun with everything <laughs> on it except for the hamburger so man i was so mad but no haven't ate a sandwich since 2010. I you used to go to McDonald's and get McDoubles and put Mac sauce on it. And I, I learned yep. how to, and I started doing that. I inspired like, you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, one problem you and Jimmy would have is what you talk about, what you like to eat. I, I know. I think I like, I listen to you guys and I'm like, I can't eat any of that. Yeah, I know. It's sad. Uh, but yeah, I, I lost weight like 70 pounds and I put it all back on. Now I'm trying to lose it again. So it's like, I guess that was my question is how you maintained it. But you yeah, and I'll start to put a little bit more back on and I'll just, work exercise in and it seems to help because I eat so low carb is not much more I can do as far as eating healthy and it's but. been easy for you guys to find you know those meals that you enjoy that are low carb I mean you're not oh yeah you know you yeah, guys have I can pretty... go I mean I eat a lot of chicken wings like grilled chicken wings and yeah you know I will I, I my weakness is chips like tortilla chips so Michelle finds the healthiest she can get and yeah she really supports it and looks for all the healthy stuff so that helps so speaking of uh, grilled wings and other grilled foods oh. and smoke sm- smoke foods, we got the business going here. Yeah. Uh, Totes Magoats Bar and Grill. Um, talk about the story of what inspired that. I, don't, I bought a smoker, propane smoker, had it in town, and I cooked some things. And then we came out here, and um, I think I got a pellet smoker. And then I got into smoking things, and Jason McNeil got me involved in smoking in the hills. So then I got a barrel smoker, then I got another barrel smoker, and then I got another pellet smoker. <laughs> I have like six smokers. Um, and then I got a pool behind custom that I had built. And I don't know. I just fell in love. I love smoking food. It's a passion I have. And uh, I like to, I guess we were always brought up to serve others. And it's just kind of way up. I like to serve people. Is that something you ever thought you would do? Be, be a, a smoked meats man? No, I didn't even know what that was. <laughs> what's your What's your favorite thing to throw on there? What's your What's actually What's your best? What's What would you say is the best thing you make if you had to pick something? I I don't know. I like 
chicken wings. I can I know how to do them. I know how to do ribs. Probably the best thing and the most compliments I get are burn-ins. But yeah. if you go to a wedding, they're like, man, those <laughs> tips were the best. <laughs> so it burn-ins, I'd say. And you start and you started doing weddings. I know you did our yeah. cousin Britton's wedding. I did wedding. a wedding, and um, uh, I actually catered a athletic booster's booth for a football game. Did pulled pork and uh, pulled pork nachos. And I get a lot of compliments on my smoked mac and cheese. So guys it, that work like buffalo mac and cheese. So, so is this something you're going to like continue and try and grow, or is it just something you're doing? <laughs> Look back at the wife. I don't know. I like to do it. People ask, I'll do it. I probably need to get a little bit more serious about making money off of it if I'm going to do it as much. But, yeah, I don't know. People ask, I'll do it. I like to do it. Yeah. Did a lot of graduation parties, and that's kind of what yeah. how it took off. Uh, and I would definitely like to uh, to find some stuff to enjoy here, yeah. some brisket or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You you find the cheap ones at Kroger. Oh yeah. Yeah, you can get them for a dollar nine and a pound. I want to bring them over here and let you yep. get for me so I can enjoy that. I'll um, do your ribs too. You get that deer, I'll I'll smoke it for you. Seriously, that, have you have you ever had this? Yep. So when we had COVID, I did uh, venison, smoked it. Um, didn't have any taste, but looked good. <laughs> I do a lot of jerky. I I'm seriously going to bring that over here if I get yeah. one. If you, uh, if you grind some up, I have a gun. I'll do, I'll do jerky. I do jerky good. on the smoker. It's good. Mm. I can't wait for Old that. Old totes my goats. You got to put the plug out there. Yeah, for sure. I, I, the last couple of episodes, I've been throwing it in there. I don't know if you heard the, the end of my last episode. I think, well, it was the one before that. I did a little ad read at the end. Did you yeah, hear that? I did. <laughs> Which I one? saved it at the end after the song, and I, I, don't, oh. I don't know if anybody listened to it, but um, I think it was the one we did with BJ where we were talking about Ohio State. But at the end of it, I did a little little ad read, and I put Toast My Goats in there, and I did... Uh, yeah, our barbecue's the goat. <laughs> is that your, is that yeah, your slogan? That's, that's my slogan. Awesome. Um, well, man, you got anything else you want to throw in for the Legacy lineup the listeners? No, man. Um you and Jimmy got a good thing going. That's why I was giving you a hard time. I enjoyed listening to it, and you were looking for all these different topics to do, but I think you guys do a good job of sports, and uh, people like to hear that. Um, not so much about the Steelers, but yeah, you know everything else Jimmy can bring to the table. Jimmy's the big Reds guy, and I feel like you know in our first couple episodes we spent like two hours on the Reds, and it was just like I don't know. I, I don't yeah. know if that many. And it's people okay because honestly, I don't know all that. I don't research it so much so it's yeah. nice to hear someone's perspective yeah. someone different yeah well i definitely appreciate you for coming on today um and, and allowing me in your home here yeah uh, anytime man i waiting on doing this for a while but um good luck this upcoming season to you guys um, i'm excited to to get back on the road with you and, and follow you guys this season hopefully i have my uh my legendary partner with me mr shoemate yeah uh, yeah oh no he sounded I think he's on. He told me I'd have to carry him around, but yeah, and I was thinking we we could probably get him on the floor. Wouldn't have to climb steps. That's something. Yeah, that's something we should probably look ahead and talk to athletic directors about. um, If that's the case, but even if it was just the home games, I'm talking about away games too. Maybe I can reach out to the ads and see if we can get us. Hillsbury, you're on the ground. Courthouse. You never know if you're going to have a plug or not. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, don't get me started. I'm also trying to trying to think of different ways we can brought because I mean we've done a lot of different ways with him and I in the last several years as far as like equipment we were using, but I'm trying to figure out different ways we can broadcast like through internet or something instead right. of having to set all that stuff up. Everyone, because um, I mean like I got this stuff now, but yeah. I don't know that I could use it for 
I don't know. Radio. I mean, a lot I, of people I, use internet. They don't even. Use, well, most schools don't even have the plugs. Right. They just run yeah. off there. They stop using internet. It. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I appreciate you coming on. No um, problem. Ready to see you this season. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so good luck to the Lady Tigers. And uh, this has been the Legacy Lineup with Ren Lawwell and Jared Haynes. Be sure. Oh, that was bad. Be sure to <laughs> tune in next time. Uh, hope to have Josh Dawson on, one of my good friends from Shawnee State. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so. We've been talking about that for what two months now. Yeah, you know what? He uh, he's in Columbus now and got a couple kids and they're all playing sports and it's like you know. What did we call him at the wedding? When he come out with his uh, tux on? Oh, Greg Barr. <laughs> yeah, we call him <laughs> Greg Barr. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he doesn't know who Greg Barr is. So I didn't defend him very much. Um, but yeah. All right, um, so this is the Legacy Lineup. Jared Haynes and Ren Lawwell. Tune in next time for Josh Dawson. This episode is brought to you by Lakeside and Real Estate and Auctioneers, LLC. Totes my goats, bar and grill. Our barbecue is the goat. And the fantasy football perspective on YouTube. If you can be right. Touch